Double XL's the breakers for all you aspiring rappers who need a little help getting on. This is the place to get all the info on how to make it in hip-hop from some of the biggest and most experienced names in the game, like me, your dope boy Troy Ave. Pay attention and special guests drop knowledge to help you become a star. This is Double XL's The Break Podcast. What's up? This is Vanessa Satin from Double XL, editor-in-chief. I'm sitting here. We got her back, everybody. We got her back. Yes, Miranda J. I'm back. I'm so excited. All right, so we are here a little bit late because we wanted to make sure that we had Miranda for this episode since she had been out for a little while. Um, this episode is networking, how to get to know people in the industry, who you should spend your time getting to know, um, how important it is to network. For this episode, we speak to New York's ASAP Ferg, um, caught up with ATL's rich homie Quan, and Duck Down's uh, leader, Truha, who is the uh, much experienced New York industry titan who has definitely been through it with a lot of different artists and has some good input on this. So anything you want to say, Miranda? No, I'm just happy to be back, and we got some really good advice this episode. I Tell them that we want them to send, we want these new artists that are listening to send us some thoughts on what you think of this podcast, yeah. send us your music, but to xxl at xxlmag.com. Not to Miranda's email, or mine, <laughs> no. or anybody else's, to xxl at xxlmag.com. We want to hear what you think of the show. Uh, sorry, the podcast, I guess it's not a show, maybe it is. We want to hear some of your music, Don't Go Nuts. We're not listening to 14 million songs, but we want to get an idea of what you guys have going on out there. And we're not sure what we're going to do with it yet, but feel free to send. Again, xxl at xxlmag.com and that's it. So let's go to see what ASAP Ferg has to say about networking. Fergie, Fergie. When you first started to get into the game, how did you go about meeting people? How did you go about establishing relationships? What were some of the ways you found yourself getting out there into this industry? Well, I just started off where I was from. Basically, when it came down to music, I just uh, I let everybody know that I, that was around me, that I was a rapper, so they could support. And then, um, you know, I then shot a video for Rocky and, like, all of my friends. We just threw a big party on my birthday, and we put it out. And so much people was in the video that they all wanted to see themselves in the video, so they kept playing it for other people. And, you know, that's kind of how I spread the word. So that's how you first started getting people to be familiar with who you are? Yep. Now, what about making relationships? Was it important to you, do you think, um, early on for you to establish relationships with radio? Was it important to make relationships with producers? When you looked at the industry and decided, I wanted to be a rapper, who did you feel was important to kind of get to know? that was in within your reach to start, you know? Um, Funk Flex, because I felt like he was one of the biggest DJs in New York. And I felt like if I if I became good friends with Funk Flex, then, you know, that's kind of, that, that's a good place to be. And right. I, I made it my business to, you know, have a great rapport with him and um, DJ Self because he broke my record and, and um, Rosenberg, you know, Ebros, like all of those guys. So radio was definitely, cool. you think radio, making those radio relationships and, and local radio for your city was definitely important? Definitely, because they're going to hold it down for you as far as your city goes. 
son. Like once you get the radio behind you, that support is gonna look and feel stronger. So I definitely wanted to um build a great rapport with those guys. And um just just as far as uh radio, um, you know, showing up to the you know, showing up to the event, showing love, performing at the local spots, at your local spots in Harlem, doing stuff for your community, making sure your your presence is felt. I feel like that helps a lot too. Shooting videos <laughs> in my community. Right. Everybody feel involved. So it was important for you to develop relationships within the city and then just first, now how did you start making relationships and networking and establishing those relationships outside the city? Well, that's the thing. It's almost like a chain reaction because once they see everybody supporting within the city, everybody, like monkey see what monkey do. They, they want to help. They want to help the cause because you already look big now. Like when I did work remix and um, Prince came out and Wale came from out of nowhere. He came out and was in the video. And um, you know, we had Schoolboy Q and Trinidad James and Rocky in the video. It looked huge for me. You know, we, we did it in Rucker Park because we couldn't fit all of those people in, like, a, a, a studio setting, so we had to do it in a park. And um, it just it made it look like a parade. Right. For me. And, you know, when people see that, they're like, who is this guy? Like, all right, they're treating him like this. So when he comes to L.A., we have to treat him like this as well. Right, right, right. So now you develop those relationships with those rappers, how you get there and you're with them. How do you then, this sounds dumb, but are you taking all their phone numbers? How do you connect so you develop a relationship with, you're new to all these people, but you know having the relationship for the future is important. What do you do? Hey, we're going to work together. Like, how do you then develop, is it natural friendship? Is it like high school? What happens? See, my whole thing is like, um, I wasn't in the position just to be like, really linking with rappers like that. Like I had to earn my respect. So I wasn't I wasn't looking for um features and stuff like that at first. I wanted to focus on my craft and I wanted people to want to work with me. So when I finally had a hit on my hand, I, it kind of was like I wanted to seduce people to want to work with me. You know, I wanted to allure them. I wanted to have a product that they were proud to work with. And that's what happened when, when I got all of those features on work. When I worked with Schoolboy Q, I went on tour with him. I didn't necessarily have – I went on tour with Schoolboy Q, Rocky, and Danny Brown. I wasn't the big guy. Um, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was the big guy that had the will yet. I was still playing the, the passenger side of Rocky and really, like, just looking at how everything happens. And then that's when I came out with work. I had a song, I had a record that everybody liked. And then um, Schoolboy was like, yo, this record is dope. I was like, I told him it's dope. And he got on the remix. He said, that, say no more. And he followed up to his word. And, um, you, know, the, you know, I think he reached out to, uh, you know, after a while I just knew that I had it. So I reached, I had my management reach out to uh, Trinidad James and, you know, he was cool because he was playing his record early on, like after our shows and stuff, turning it up. And um, Prince Montana was from the city, so he reached out with his verse done already. So, like, these, these things sort of come to you if you have good music. 
don't want to get anybody on your record off rip. You know what I'm saying? Like, them relationships are going to come to you as long as you have good music to focus on your craft. Right, because artists want to work with people who have good music. I mean, it's kind of standing near the flame. It's making something that yeah. you being there, something that's relevant can almost only make you hotter, right? Or help. Yeah, the, yeah don't don't want to collaborate off rip. You want to establish yourself first. Don't don't come out. Don't come out as a new artist and be like, "Oh, I want to get ASAP Ferg on the record because he's hot right now." Or I want to get Steady Wop, or I want to get Travis Scott, or Rocky, or whatever. Because at the end of the day, that's taking that's taking all the attention off of you as an artist, a brand new artist. You have to establish yourself first, and then you will want to get these different people in your, in, you know, in music because it enhances the music then. But you don't want to just automatically take all the attention off of you. You want to see what you're doing first. You want to see, as a new artist, what your brand is about, who you are as a person. So get yours off first. Establish yourself, and then all the rest of that stuff will come to you. But keep the relationships as you go and as you build them and as you cross paths with everybody because you never know yeah. when you might be ready to do something with them or for whatever yeah, always, reason. Always keep your relationships like, you know, I never really left it up to my management or different people to talk for me or nothing like that. I learned early that a lot of things happen from you speaking yourself. Like a lot of the feedback that I've gotten is because of me, you know, okay. me talking to the artist. Because every time you go through the management, it makes it seem like, oh, it's like you got to go through hell just to, get somebody on something when it's not even that hard to the artist himself because y'all might be cool. Like, he he might think, like, you think you high to Diddy and then you think they high to Diddy, but if y'all just speak to each other, you're like, damn, this motherfucker cool. Like, I should have been working with him. What about... It's everybody in the middle. It's everybody in the middle that's holding everybody up on the pedestal. There's too many chefs in the kitchen to make everything hard to pull something off when it should be easy. Exactly. Right. And that's getting through the bullshit to get to the right people. So for you, what were some of the other people or type of people that were essential for you to meet early on? Were booking agents, you know, or, or as in your career, what have been valuable? Uh, booking agents, you know, publicists. What about, I mean, even us meeting, what do you think the, what, what do you think is a good recommendation for people in kind of building those relationships? We spoke to Joey Badass, and I always thought it was an interesting quote that he said about, he came in the industry young, and he didn't appreciate the relationships he met early on, and he's kind of reestablishing all, a lot of them, or has been, because he didn't kind of appreciate who he was meeting and crossing paths with early on until he learned how to value everybody more. You know, how do you know who to put in that phone and who you're going to want to talk to later, and who did you go out to set out and establish with, besides the DJs and all that, on the business side? I think all rip. You need a, a great lawyer. Mm-hmm. So, like, you need a good lawyer because, you know, artists like me who, who wear so many different hats, I design, um, I have a shoe, I work on a Goldie with denim jeans, and I got albums and royalties and all of that stuff, and I got my own label. You don't want to have a lawyer to, to basically home those things and make sure the deals go through properly because it's, you could you could basically be running on a treadmill getting nowhere if you don't have the right people behind you. 
make it so you get the right money for, for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So have a great lawyer. Um, secondly, I would say, um, you know, before you have a great lawyer, sometimes your lawyer can help you get a manager. But, uh, you know, so it's either the, the manager or the lawyer comes first um, because your manager is going to make sure you're, everything is organized and you're delegating powers so you're not doing everything yourself. Um, I will have okay. to say you're booking agent because when you don't have a hit record, you can still go on the road and make money for the, the music that you have out. And they'll, they'll make sure of that. They'll put you on some tours and they'll keep some, some money in your pocket. And that's definitely, like, I feel like that's it for me. And that team helps you network. So if you've got the right team in place, that's doing a lot of the networking and the relationships for you because it's about what they're building on your behalf also, right? Definitely. It helps you network on a whole other scale because, like, there's a networking with you and the artist that you have to do to get your music and your art done, but they networking on the whole backside of it making sure you get in these venues and you're able to perform. All right, so Miranda, what you th- first of all, Ferg's one of the nicest rappers on the planet. Oh, yes. You know, we know Waka Flocka is really nice, and we've got a list of a few of them that mm-hmm. are some of the nicest people's people on the planet, but Ferg's one of those dudes. So uh, that in itself works for networking, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Like that's it, so you want to... Uh, want to talk to you, want to see that person win, you know, if, you are, if you're good at, at, at communicating and keeping those relationships. But what I got out of Ferg, which I thought was pretty interesting, which is something we say over and over, is um, developing those relationships. Don't always have your hand out. Ask for something. Develop those relationships before you ask for anything. Mm-hmm. Build yourself up first and start to figure out and meet people and whether they be other rappers or other producers, but you don't have to go in immediately trying to get everybody on your projects all the time mm-hmm. and to kind of waste everything all at once. You know, you kind of cultivate those relationships while you're figuring out the best time to use some of those people. Um, and then other things that he said was making, what he did early on was made relationships with the DJs in the city. You know, I think we speak to Quan later who said he did that. Yeah. Then we speak to Drew Ha who said that's not that important. So everybody has a different take. But he said getting to know Funkmaster Flex, getting to know this, the New York City DJs was a really important thing. Um, and I, I guess it seems obvious. But then again, maybe it isn't because, you know, mm-hmm. the DJs are kind of stars in themselves. What do you think? Um, I just love the fact that he highlighted, like, making those relationships on his own. Like, there was no middleman. Like, he went and, you know, went after Ferg himself. I mean, sorry, Flex himself and made sure that, you know, he developed that relationship on his own. And it's not through, you know, the manager or, you know. Right, well, that's something that that we get different from Quan later is that, which you'll hear, is that he said that making those relationships be more personable by him keeping in touch with them. Right. So it's not having his manager reach out to people. It's not having his boys reach out. It's him keeping the number in the phone, giving right. his phone number out, which was the opposite of Quan. So I don't really know which works. Mm-hmm. Everything's different for everyone. And we hear what, why Quan explains that, or which homie. Um, <laughs> but it is kind of interesting that, you know, Quan he's saying keep that. those relationships and remember they're your kind of relationship. You don't want to uh, have any sort of miscommunication because the game of telephone, and now you've got an extra person in the communication that you didn't need because you weren't calling yourself. Mm-hmm. Things take much longer. You know, sometimes rappers are quick to answer, are quick to do stuff, you know, if you just hit them on the text. And get a great lawyer. Yeah. I guess that's more of a business advice, but 
I guess he felt like that was pretty important for networking because you had to network to find the right lawyer. And then that lawyer plays such a role on your behalf. So it does play a role, but it's also kind of a business piece. But, you know, um, yeah, having the right lawyer is pretty essential, right? Mm -hmm. All right, let's uh, let's catch up with Quan. Let's see, because he was quite similar in a lot of ways to how he went about things as Ferg, but then different in other parts. But I think they kind of complement each other. I would say networking has been uh, better on because you, know, like you got social media now. It is more like you can you can you can promote yourself even if no one wants promotion. You know, it's all about you know come up with a strategic plan or whatever you call it. And just, you know, just try to network to you. Network, make the network, you know what I'm saying? Who did you find most important for you get to know early on in your career and being in Atlanta? Who did you want to get to know? What did I want to get to know? I wanted to get to know more like the business side of me opposed to just wanting to have a hit song. Because I see so many one-hit ones, and I told, I told myself I didn't want to be a one-hit one. So I tried to get as much knowledge as I could have from a lot of all the cats who have been right. How important for you was it for you to get to know the DJs in Atlanta or the music scene there? Did you go out of your way to you know, get to know them or what you do? Oh, yes, the DJs in Atlanta and me, like, you got to go. You can't just go to, like, emails. You know, they have their events, so I would, I would pull up on them, try to get my music played, you know, so I'm going to tell me no. But it, it didn't discourage me. It just made me want to work hard, you know, get like in the studio and, you know, just get my confidence back up, you know, other than that. But it's very important to network with DJs and them. So what do you think the challenge is, you know, if, you, if you've met a lot of different people in the industry, is there a challenge in, in keeping connections and keeping relationships up? Yeah, the hard challenge is answer your phone because, you know, as you can take, get bigger, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you're not fooling with you, but as an artist, you know, if they the plans start changing real fast, so the biggest thing to do is the hardest thing is like, just keeping your relationship, man, keeping your word. No, you can keep your word. You know, like, even if I say I'm going to do it today, you might not get it today. But you'll get it tomorrow. So I try to, to keep my relationship good. If I say I'm going to do something, I try to do it. So keeping your word is a huge part in these new relationships. I mean, you know, a lot of people can say things very easily, but if you're going to say it, you really should do it. Uh, of course. And then um, how much do you do you set out and look for certain people that you feel like are essential for you to meet or for your manager to meet? Is it like, you know, you know, uh, you want to know people at a booking agency or you want to make sure you meet people at a certain label? How do you go about, since, you know, you're an unsigned artist or, you know, not down with a major label, how do you go about making these relationships? Uh, I go about making this relationship only because, like, First, I never, I never give up my number. I always give up my assistant number because there are so many people who want to do this, so many people who say they can do that. So I try to, I give him their number, and, and he's going to hard whether or not it's bullshit or not. It's bullshit, I'm not going to entertain it. But, like, for a couple of artists, so I try to give them the best advice possible. Like, keep your circle small, get around some dudes who believe in you more than you believe in yourself. You just for the best, man. And don't let nobody tell you nothing you say and nothing you do. Have you ever had an experience where you came across somebody in the industry that was important or somebody just that could help your career and 
you didn't handle it right, you didn't speak to them right, you didn't keep in touch with them, but you messed up? Oh, uh, no, I wouldn't say that. But it's definitely been a lot of people I've been, you know, in the studio with, and I wish, like, I could have held my end of the bargain and just, you know, kept the communication level better. You know, kept the communication level better. I don't want to say any negative anything, but, yeah, it's a couple of people, you know, but it, it comes from territory, you know. What advice could you give to a new artist about them feeling insecure and not feeling comfortable going out and meeting maybe people who could be essential to help their career? I would just tell them, like, that's something like, you have to take your pride aside, man, because that's something you need. Without relationships in this game, you have nothing. Without relationships, they, 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 won't, they won't trust you. So if they don't trust you, why spend your music or why waste my time with you? You know what I'm saying? I think that's why I, I have a lot of good relationships with people because I hold my end of the world despite how tired I am. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it because I, I've already committed myself to it. Once you commit yourself to it, you got to do it despite how bad you want to do it. As far as DJ drop, the worst. I hate to do it. But if DJ see my music, what are anybody? So I got to do it. You know, and, and it just be the little things that we don't understand coming in. But as we get older, you know, you see how important it is. Right. I mean, you don't know everything coming in, so you wind up hitting some walls of not knowing how to handle situations or certain relationships, right? Yes. What is um the, what if you're from you know you're being from Atlanta and what if you want to meet someone you know across the country a different part of town, how do you go about initiating that relationship with maybe a DJ in LA or an A and R in New York? How would you reach out personally? Would you have someone in your team? What Me, do you do? Are you I, too good to reach I, I, I out? Would, you know, I see that trying to reach out personally because I know people are busy. No one of our suggestions. So nine times ten, I have management. Well, my DJ, because my you know, DJ first, I have to DJ in here. Okay, I've been a relationship with a lot of people. So I'll probably get him trying to reach out for me. But then, man, I really don't reach out to people like that. Anybody, who do you think is for new artists is essential to have relationships with? Uh, lawyers, um, you know, A&Rs, um, DJs in different cities? Or who do you think for new artists they should focus on building relationships with? Your lawyers. I would say focus on your lawyer, your, you know, your lawyer, because he's going to make sure all your T's are crossing all your eyes are dying before, you know, you can really try to go network with all these people because you might go try to network with a DJ, but he could be BS. So I really, my my, my lawyers, uh, see everything I do before I do it, make sure, boy, if I'm not doing this right, you know, yes, I may. So I might have a best relationship with my lawyer because I taught him going to talk into because he counts my money. They don't have my money, but. He keeps the money flowing on, you know, great revenue, and if it doesn't make sense to him, it ain't gonna make sense to me. Any last bit of advice you want to give for new artists who are trying to make relationships in the industry, and and then what they could do to avoid catastrophe or you know establish something real? Like I said, it's like that question we asked two ways. I can say yes, I can say no, because all the all because like the approach I took might not be the approach for another artist. Yeah, like what God got for me, what God only has for me. So I can tell all kind of artists, you know, believe, man, believe. You can't believe, yeah. Believe. That's mm-hmm. believe. Well, that's yeah. a southern accent for you mm-hmm. that we here in New York don't have, but I know what he said. I heard him. <laughs> um, and I go back to, I think it's interesting that he um, felt that his manager and everybody else would 
be the one who keeps in touch with people. That right. he didn't give his number directly out. That other other people gave their number out and kept in touch. If it works for him, it works for him. But it's interesting that you've got two different rappers with different takes on how to go about things. Mm -hmm. It's true, too, because it's like when you're kind of more known in the business, then I would say that's, you know, known but unknown. I would say that's when you go after a rapper and get his number. But when, you know, when you're really just a, an, an obscure artist, it may be better to go after the assistant because those are the people that are going to listen to you versus you hitting up a rapper They're You know, they get that way more than the assistant does. So they're, you know, more likely to ignore it. I think it really is ultimately is who is the contact. You know, bigger contacts you want to keep for yourself. Right. Smaller contacts with people that you might want to keep away from you or not have access you give to the other people around you. Mm -hmm. It's just how you rank those particular people. Right. And as you meet them, are you giving the ones that um, are important for you in your career and you to develop a relationship the easy access to you or are you making it harder? Uh, and, you know, I guess harder is not even having any contact at all for them. But still, I think that's what it's about, is trying to figure out who to bring close into you, who to keep layers away via management or lawyers or that kind of that kind of thing, um, which is also what Quan said about, you know, the essential aspect of getting a new lawyer to right. do that kind of stuff for you. And I think it's because a lawyer speaks lawyer talk sometimes that helps to um, almost break down what everyone's talking about. You, you know, you're going in and you're trying to communicate with a record label about some new project and the deal they're offering you, and then you're going to another one you know, maybe that lawyer is the one that's going to be able to get you uh, make understand the deal better. You know, understand what their options are, understand what's going on. So there's a lot of different aspects to it, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, we got with Drew Ha, who I thought was quite interesting. Yes. I mean, Drew Ha knows his stuff. So we spoke really to him, does. Mr. Duckdown, about um, the same topic. And he had a few other thoughts, went a few different directions. So let's hear what he says. Wanted to talk to you because, you know, in New York is a place where you definitely network um, as an artist and in the industry, uh, whether you're from it or whether you're not from it. Um, but I figured you could give advice to locals and beyond. So we want to tell rappers why it's important to network and make relationships and, and, and get to know people and walk a little through that. So what's your first notes off that? Well, I, I mean, I would say and agree with that, that, you know, relationships are, are everything. It's, you know, you often hear that phrase, who you know, and it couldn't be more true because a lot of times to get your foot in the door to do something, you've got to know the right person. So getting out and about um, and, and trying to meet people, whether you're, you're figuring out who these people are online or from listening to them on the radio, whether it's a DJ or your favorite producer or your favorite artist, you know, if there's a will, there's a way, you got to try to get in front of these people and, and when you do and you can make a meaningful impression on them then that could lead to a, a door opening for you so uh, it, it never ends by the way too it's like it's not just for artists trying to get on then it you know that's going to carry through throughout your career of of wanting to increase your visibility wanting to increase your network wanting to you know have have a bigger rolodex per se like of who you can get on the phone or, or pull a favor from or you know, uh, be involved with. So uh, networking, it's nonstop and it, it's vital to any artist's career. Um, you have worked with a lot of new artists, most recently, who who are you working with? I, you know, worked from everyone from, uh, obviously, all the, the boot camp click from Buckshot and Smith and & Wesson and Sean Price, Rest in Peace. Those are were, were our core artists. And today we work with Cinematic's uh, roster, which includes Joey Badass and Vashti, uh, Mick Jenkins. Uh, I work with 
new artists uh, that that we distribute, uh, Young M.A., Nizzy Nice, um, the the list goes on. So for them, what is your advice, uh, or, you know, an artist like them, or, you know, even earlier on, what's your advice on who are the first people they should try to develop relationships? How important is getting to know the DJ? How important is getting to know, you know, the, the personalities, the local rappers? What do you suggest they do first? This is somebody that's new, that's just getting on. We're not talking about somebody who's established yet, you know? Right. I, I would say in the very, very beginning stages, the DJs are probably not your first, um, you know, not, not your first effort because you're probably not ready for the DJs, even if you develop and, and get a great relationship with one of them. It, it, it might feel good for the ego, but it probably won't come into play right away. So first and foremost, I think the, a lot of the blog sites are, are critical today, you know, just, just um, who might be willing to post your music, who might be willing to do a write-up on you. I think those things will, will pay more dividends early on. And, you know, it's it's just like seeing where your favorite, what are you reading? Where do you go? Are, you know, are you going to Double XL? Are you going to All Hip Hop? Are you going to DX? So, you know, wherever it might be that you're reading, you know, see who's writing that article. A lot of times at the end of an article, you can see who wrote it. And then you can Google that person's name and you can find them on Twitter and you can find them on Instagram. And now you can start your approach. See, if you know, find out a piece of information of where they might be going to a party or what you know, where they might be attending and you might just want to show up or you might want to hit them up on Twitter. And a lot of it is, is um, you know, persistence. You don't want to turn into a stalker. You know, that, that's not the advice that we're giving you. I think your approach on, on how you network is, is equally as important, that you're not going to become a turnoff or a nuisance to that person. But if you're serious about what you're doing, then you know that a big part of it is going to be rejection and and being able to not get angry about being you know potentially rejected or someone not listening to you right away but figuring out a way that you are going to eventually get through to that person and and it may not be everyone you know you might bat 3 for 10 and and that's still a good average <laughs> in in, right. in in baseball you get you know you you're batting 300 that's pretty good so you got to look at it the same way, like not everything is going to be a not everything is going to be a win, but you need to keep at it um, and and get those hits where you can. And how do you cultivate those relationships and keep in touch? I mean, is it as basic as let's change your numbers and I'm going to text you and say hi, or I'm going to email you regularly? Is it about figuring out how that person communicates? Is there, is there a texter? Is there a Instagrammer? You've got you know, there's all different formats of having relationships these days. How do you go about figuring out how to communicate with those people? once you've established those first-time relationships. Well, I think you just hit it on the head again. You know, that's it. It's, it's seeing where someone is, what their comfort zone is. You know, you see, like, a producer like Pete Rock is so, you know, heavily involved in Instagram, or, you you, you know, you see guys that are on Twitter a lot. And if you go at them and, and you say something constructive or you say something that gets their attention and you can get that relationship, then I think that does become the best way to keep in touch with them is the way that's working. You know, a lot of people don't like picking up the phone these days, so that's going to be a, a, a tougher a tougher ask. But each person has their own way of doing business and, and um, communicating, so I think it, it is just kind of seeing what their comfort is and, and how you can fit into that. I, I think the important part here, though, is it's not always about what they can do for you. You can't constantly be hitting up a person and asking, asking, asking of them if that, if that that's a one-way relationship, right? That's you know, what's what's really in it 
for the other side. So you, and it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to say right here on a, on a on a podcast, but to say like, what is it that you can offer that person? You know, is, is it if it's so you're 100 percent right? Yeah, right. like I mean, how much time it goes back and forth, and it's like you know, there is an element of looking out for each other. There's an element, you know, of thinking, you know, this person, I could do something nice for this person in this situation, so let me go the extra mile because that strengthens the relationship. Right. Or is it just keeping in mind what's important to them when it comes up? You know, I mean, if it's as simple as they really like you to wish them a happy birthday or their project comes out and they really want you to tweak their project and meet meat mill. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's really it's like what's important to that person for you to establish that relationship and keep it in mind. So it is is um it 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 takes your memorization, it takes an effort. Correct. And it takes it takes the strategy of it. I mean you that's another great example you just said. I mean look think if you're going after a writer who's writing for one of these blog sites and you read an article that you liked and it's simply retweeting that article, adding that person and saying, I really enjoyed this article. That writer, you're probably going to, you know, you're probably going to have hit a, a soft spot with that writer because they're going to appreciate 100%. that you, you know, you paid attention to their work. And that might have them say thank you. And then from there, boom, you know, maybe there's some dialogue. So, so you know, those are ways you can go about it. And back in the day, and this is 100 years ago, but we had, you know, it was, we when Shine was around, mm-hmm. we'd had developed relationships with him, you know, on the staff and, and did stories. And then before he got locked up, after he got locked up, but he would always, this was even before, he would always call and wish Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, every holiday. <laughs> and you'd be like, that shit's weird. And then you look back and then you'd be like, that shit was really cool. All right. You know, it was, you know, not to say that everybody's got to sit there and go down the list of everyone, no, I wish them a happy holiday, but it's just almost, you know, over 15 years later, and it's significant in my head of the gentleman side it was to that artist to reach out and do it, you know? Right. And when I was dinner with someone last night, we're like, remember when Sean used to call everybody and wish, ha, ha, ha? Like, you, you think about that. It, it, as corny as it sounds, it can count for something, you know? And I think, I think to each person that works, that that can work either way. I mean, like with you, you're appreciating it and you're looking back on it. And like you said, it kind of struck you as a little weird, but it didn't aggravate you. There, there might be some people that feel like, is this, is this person trying too hard? Is this, you know, not genuine? Is this, right. you know, are they just going for the obvious? Sometimes you get those mass texts. I, I know I do on like certain holidays, and I get the Happy New Year's from, you know, people I haven't really heard from in a, in a long time. And I, I'm not mad at it or or aggravated by it, but you know, I I I'm I am kind of wondering what it was at that moment that you know made you say that. Maybe you might have more success even if you if you hit someone on an off holiday or an off right. day and just right. say, hey, how's it going today? Or hope you have a good Monday or happy Friday or something a little less obvious than maybe some of the the big holidays. But well, I think yeah. it's also also that it's not always what can you do for me? What can right. you do for me? If it's going right. to be that relationship, it should be a two way. Or do you develop the relationship where you can complement each other on looking out for each other? Or you develop, and I think this one's harder, way harder, a genuine relationship where you genuinely are friends with each other. Like it goes outside of just the business associate that you have respect for. You can find those relationships. Um, and you might, you're now exposed to people you never were before, so you never know where you're going to find them. Like I, I know I have friends that I never thought I'd be friends with before, you know? Correct, correct. And I think I think that's important too. Is it's, it's like if you think about your approach of how you're coming at some of these people, it's not I need I need you to listen to my music or I need you to do that. Of course you need that. You know maybe it's as simple as uh, as simple as humbling yourself a little further and saying I, you know I would appreciate 
I would appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. This is a little bit of my backstory of why, and I, I could really use your advice right now as a as maybe someone a little more experienced in the game or you know who's been through it. And if you come in humbly, sometimes that you know can off can often get someone's attention too. I'm not saying it's gonna it, you don't want to present a sob story or something, but just to come in a little more natural, not saying you know what you need, what you need. Um, I, I, that is, you know, that's the obvious too. When I call you, Vanessa, it's like I'm I'm hitting you up. Of course, I'm thinking about like, oh, I want to get one of my artists, uh, you know, on your radar, or I want to get an article or something like that. But I'm I still want to present it to you in a way that's going to work for you. Right. So I think people need to, you know, you need to assess. And things. then I know you have a new baby and all that, and then there's a side <laughs> of you that's beyond just the business and how is the family and how is the so and so and all that that you've got that relationship that goes beyond just, you know, uh, what can you do for me or, you know, where it's predictable. Right. Where everything is predictable. You know, I'm going to hear from this person at this time for what they want, what I could do for them. That's, that's again, that's 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 dead on. You know, you, yeah. you I always find, like, you kind of catch people off guard if you start a conversation uh, asking them something about themselves as something that you notice. And in this day and age, you have so much access through Instagram, you know, as long as the person's isn't private, um, to see what they're into. Did they go to a, you know, did they go to a football game? Did they go to a Yankee game, a Nick game? You can almost say, so when you start the conversation, you can come with something about that, one of their interests that's going to most likely get them to respond in a different way. And, right. and and kids is a great one of, you know, anyone that has kids, it's like if you ask, hey, how are your kids? That's usually you see the look on a person's face who has kids. That stops everything. They're like, "Oh, my kid's great. I'm glad you asked." Uh, you know, people love to talk about things like that. They like to talk about themselves. So, yeah, those those are, those are good um, strategies to to try to create conversation. Anything else you want to add? Because I think we we got more information than I even expected, which is really cool. I'm touched on areas I didn't think about. Anything else that you want to add about this topic of networking or for new artists in the industry overall? I just want to, you know, uh, reinforce the the part of of don't don't become bitter and don't become angry. Learn how to take rejection. Learn how to take someone not giving you the answer that you were looking for, and using that as motivation to um, come again and change your strategy or change your approach or stay at it. And know that it's you know a lot of times you hear that it's not personal, it's business. But people are busy and people are have their own things that they're concerned with, and you may not be one of them on that particular day. But you should not take that as, as uh, oh, I'll, you know, F him or whatever with him. He didn't want to give me his time. Like, no, you should use that as motivation as I'm going to come back and, and I'm going to either show him or, um, you know, get his attention one way or another. So that's that's really it. People got to do it. Um, we Like I said, we continue to network every day. All right, Miranda, what would you think of uh, Druha? I love, love, love what he said when he said, you know, if you see a writer and you like their piece, hit them up and tell you tell them that you, you like that. Well, you want to hear from I, them. It's different. Like, if they tell me that they like my piece, I'm way more likely to, you know, click on the profile and see who they are versus them saying, oh, listen to my mixtape. You know, I Is there a difference that. between, for you, them retweeting it or them literally thanking you? Does that matter? Not that they have to, but what's for you that you like? The retweets, I'm I'm most likely not going to notice, you know, but it's actually them commenting on it, like, you know, letting me know that they read it. It's like, okay, well, maybe I should check out your stuff, too. You're taking time to check out mine, you know? What about if they actually check out something and comment on it and it's not about them? It's about another artist. 
Yeah. Now you have a fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that it's interesting because there's a line, I think, when you're networking and developing relationships of stalker, which yeah. is what something that Drew <laughs> yeah. mentioned is that, you know, and with artists is that you don't want to come off as a stalker because you're trying to get to someone and develop a relationship with them. But then also you don't know if you're not getting, if you're getting no feedback, if you're even getting the message to them. So you've got to find that line where it's crazy and you're, well, we're going hard for it and you're really hustling to try and make those relationships versus you're scaring people off. Yes. Which, and I don't really know, you gotta kinda just have a sense of that, right? Yes. And we've seen that before. We've seen that plenty of times and stalkers never prosper. <laughs> but I think that Drew uh, touched on that, and also I can't talk, that uh, that Drew had touched on that, uh, that nobody else did was developing those relationships and understanding that they're gonna be there for different reasons. So some you're gonna actually develop friendships with down the road and you're gonna never knew that you had that friendship with somebody. Uh, some you're gonna develop a just good uh, working relationships where you know how to look out for each other. But it's the unpredictability that I thought was pretty interesting and saying is that you don't want it to be like, I know I'm gonna hear from this person every time they have a project coming out and no other time. You know, so it's what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And when he's saying, well, you know, pop up and instead of just wishing them a Merry Christmas or a Happy Birthday, just see how they're doing in the middle of the week sometime. I think that idea of that is making people believe or think that you care about them, which I think kind of goes back to all we want is we want to be cared about, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like if you feel like you are somebody's, you someone networked with you and you're their contact, you want to feel that they like it for you, that's corny, but that is what it is. And they can see what they can get at from you, but also how they can help you. It shouldn't be such a one-way street. And I think with networking, what we see and with people getting to know each other is the very much as I'm the shit, I'm so fucking cool, you need me more than I need you. And I don't know if that's always the case. Yeah. How much you experience that? Um, I experience that um, a lot. Like people think that, um, that they are the shit typically and, you know, sometimes don't want to answer more on the, not really on the industry person side, but on the artist side, you know? And I, I kind of feel like artists have their own little click of like, they'll answer each other. But when you come to step outside that, maybe you're a writer or, you know, whatever, a radio host, they're you know less likely to be more friendly with you. And you really have to work hard to develop that relationship and make it genuine so that they can come back like rich homie kwan um like he's what he said about keeping his word with us he has such a strong relationship just because of that right there right when you're dependable that counts for something yeah and he's made it genuine and you know we love kwan relationships whether it be romantic friendship whatever they are they 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 all take work right and if i think the networking side of a rapper thing is very much what can you do for me not what can I do for you? Yeah. And it, what can you do for me? What can I do for you? Could be just asking how you are, just remembering things, just thinking, oh, I've got this project and collaborating with them on it would really be interesting. Or I've got this song and I think they'd really make a, you know, really do well on it. But when they ask me for a song, I'm not gonna take weeks and weeks and weeks to get the verse back to them, or I'm gonna give them something that's got some sort of effort in it. I think it's just, and it, it what they've all said, it comes down to, respect and respecting the people you're developing these relationships with and going out of the way to find out who they are and what their value is, both professionally and work-wise and also personally, since you get to know them and you spend a lot of time with these people. And then what Richard McQuan hit on was, you know, don't be insecure. You know, you have something to offer here. You have something to offer them. They have something to offer you. Don't be insecure. Think outside of being locked into a certain way, a certain situation. And I think that insecurity issue 
goes for every topic we're talking about, right? For sure, for sure. Anything else you want to add? Yes. Did Shine really used to call you guys every holiday and, and wish you guys well? For a few years he did. Wow. You know, I mean, he would leave messages on some of the voicemails. You know, at that point we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. So, you know, it was on our office lines. But I always remember after one of our, shout out to Bonsu Thompson, one of our uh, old staff members, Bonsu, had done the first story on Shine. And then we had done a few other things with him and, and you know, over the years. And so we started to get uh, happy Hanukkah, happy, uh, not anniversary, Merry Christmas, happy Thanksgiving. And he'd always leave messages for, you know, went on for a year and change or something before we really got kind of got locked up. But yeah, he would always do that. I mean, you don't get that now. Hell no. No, he would never. But Shine was an anomaly. He was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, at that time, we kind of laughed about it a little bit. But now looking back at it, you're like, that was dope. Yeah. You were a cool person for doing that. But it, at the time, we were like, did you really get that call? Did you just so and so? Or we'd listen to the voicemail because he'd, he'd leave a voicemail if you didn't answer. So you'd have the voicemail. I wish to this day I would tape those voicemails, you know, or anything like that. But so yeah, Shine would do that. Well, that's a lesson for you, you present day rappers, you know. Be shine. No, yes. I'm just kidding. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. Um, what's it called? But yeah, so that's it. Next week, we're talking about your presentation, um, how to talk to people, well, you should dress, you know, not specifically, but to keep in mind when meeting people, um, what your, the first look looks like, your first impression on somebody, uh, you know, presenting yourself at a show, presenting yourself at a business meeting, all of what that means, how you talk to people, how you look in their eye and shake their hand. You know, what people are expecting from you is to be a certain kind of hype personality. And I think that not everyone understands that. So we're going to check out that kind of presentation thing where we have a good list. Who do we have? We have Ferg. Kevin Lyles. Mm -hmm. Got Ferg because he was good on this one. So we're using Ferg. The uh, fame Kevin Lyles. And we got a publicist, Courtney Lowry at Epic, Yay. who's going to... Uh, school us on what the hell all these rappers do wrong so check that out but listen to this one first yes thank you guys for tuning in i missed y'all <laughs> this is xxl's the break podcast where new artists come first <laughs>